thank you uh, to Freddie and Joel for bringing us uh, this week's notices. Uh, next week, as I said, we'll get a new different guest in. We're going to be doing this every week. Uh, someone different into our homes, bringing us uh, the Sunday news, which makes it even more fun. Wouldn't you agree, church? So this morning, uh, our, we're going to be carrying on our series. And we are currently uh, looking at uh, Life of a Disciple, which is explained in this uh, book. And uh, we've been going through this series for the last, oh, it's been four weeks now. And uh, if you don't know if you remember, we're looking at what are the practices of a disciple of Jesus. So we're looking at Jesus' life and taking his practices, his main practices, and how can we apply them to our lives? How do we become more like Jesus? How do we, um, how do we uh, copy Jesus uh, to, to, to do this in our life, to live a life like Jesus lived. So we kicked off a week one looking at prayer. And it was Bali that brought us this message from Matthew chapter 6, talking about the structure of prayer, that one of the practices of Jesus was to pray, and, it, and that likewise we should be praying. Uh, we should be praying alone, we should be praying with our family, we should be praying with our church family, uh, with our friends um, in bigger settings as well. And then the week after I brought us a... A message on reflecting upon scripture, looking that we should dig deep into scripture in every season, in every moment, in every day. The Bible can speak to us, can encourage us, can guide us, give us wisdom. The Bible can be a, 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 like a joy to our soul uh, and that can keep us going through hard seasons as we dig deep to hear God's voice and word through scripture. And then Dave Gordon brought us a message on living in community. This whole thing of that actually community sometimes has challenges, but we're called to love one another. And as disciples, uh, we're not meant to be isolated. And I know that some of us are isolation, isolated now, but it's very different. But we're not called to be isolated. And actually, we're not isolated now because we've got uh, this service to go to. We've got life groups. We've got things to join in, socials and prayer meetings and stuff like that. So we're not isolated. And this is what it's about being a community, to love one another. And then last week, I brought us a message on silence and solitude. And this whole thing from 1 Kings chapter 19, Elijah, and Matthew chapter 4, when Jesus goes into the wilderness, and he goes into this desolate place, this quiet place. And throughout the Bible, we see that, uh, sorry, throughout the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, we see that Jesus, he often goes into this quiet place to be uh, with the Father. Uh, and it renewed his soul. It it, it helps us deal with our emotions. It, it helps us hear the voice of God. It, it helps us to know that life still goes on uh, when we uh, have a day off. And uh, just the encouragement to have some quiet time with God, silence and solitude, because it's good for us and it keeps us going and it makes us last longer and we will be better people and our souls will be more healthier because of it. So this week, I'm speaking on be a witness. So another practice of a disciple is to be a witness. To be a witness. So we're going to dive straight into that. So if you've got a Bible, turn with me to Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1. And we're going to do this together. You're a witness. This is going to be a good message over the next 10-15 minutes. We're going to, this is going to be good. 
This is what Acts chapter 1 verse 8 says. This is what it says. But you will receive power. And this word for power, uh, in the Greek, we get the same word for dynamite. So it's like you will receive this dynamite power, this explosive power, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witness. This is interesting. So the, 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 the writer is saying here in Acts, Luke, he is saying that you will receive an explosive and a dynamite power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witness. And just to take note, he says to be a witness, to be my witness. This is interesting because, because he doesn't say that you will be doing witnessing. He doesn't say, you know, block out your diary 30 minutes a day. Or he doesn't say, you know, do your witnessing every Sunday. It's a day of Jesus, a day of Sabbath, it's a day of the Bible. So go witnessing. He doesn't say that, but he says it's, it's a being, it's a state to be in that you are a witness. It's, a, it's an everyday state rather than a set period of time that you do every week, every month, or you do when you feel it's right, or you might do once a year, I'm a, wit- oh, a witness. Yeah, that was like two months ago. You know, it's not like that. This is not, you're not doing witnessing. You are a witness. You be a witness. And then he goes on to say, in Jerusalem, Judea and Samaria and to the whole earth. To the whole earth. What is a witness? Would I put a witness as this? Someone whom has seen and heard something important and significant and communicates his experiences. A witness is someone who's seen something or heard something that is significant and important and then communicates experiences. See, a witness, it could be something that they see something or hear something that's amazing. They've witnessed something amazing. They've witnessed like a Guinness World Record. You know, you get those crazy Guinness World Records when, you know, a guy puts a table on his chin and then he puts another table on his chin and, uh, and they witness that and they go and tell to other people because they were there when it happened. Or you get, a, in many ways, maybe a more negative witness where you've seen a crime and you have to communicate exactly what happened. So a witness is someone who sees something and hears something and then goes and tells others. See, this is what it says in John uh, chapter 3, verse 31. John chapter 3, verse 31. He who comes from above is above all. He who comes from above is above all. He who is of the earth belongs to the earth and speaks in earthly ways. He who comes from heaven is above all. He bears witness that word witness again, to what he has seen and heard, yet no one receives his testimony. See, in John chapter 3, John is explaining that, 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 that Jesus has come from above, and he's come from, in many ways, heaven, and he has seen and heard things, and now he's come to earth 
to be a witness to what he has seen and heard. So when he's come to earth, he has brought the kingdom with him. He has seen and heard the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of God is salvation, it is peace, it is healing, it is life, it is joy, it is rest. And he's, he is a witness to this. And he wants to witness to other people, his disciples, of what the kingdom of God, of what is heaven is like. Jesus is a witness of things that is above. He is a witness to things that is above. The next thing we want to talk about is Acts chapter 4. And uh, I want to share this story from Acts chapter 4. You don't need to turn there. But the story is of Peter and John. And if we go back one step to get the context of Acts chapter 4. In Acts chapter 3, Peter and John are going to a prayer meeting. It's in many ways an ordinary day for Peter and John. And they go past uh, Gate Beautiful, the temple gates. And they see a man there and he is begging. And uh, he asks for money. But this man, he cannot walk. He's lame. He's paralysed. And uh, they see him there. He would have been uh, known by uh, everyone else in the city as the man that sits at the gate of beautiful. And he is lame. He's paralysed. Uh, we know from the Bible he's over 40. He's around 40 years old. He's in his 40s. So he's been uh, paralysed for his whole life. And uh, Peter and John are walking to the prayer meeting. I expect they're like, they're excited. They're, 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 we can't wait to be with other followers and disciples of Jesus. And they're beaming. They're, they've got a leap in their step. And they see this guy. And they see him begging. And they say to him, uh, silver or gold I do not have. But what I do have I give to you. In the name of Jesus. Get up and walk. And in that moment, this guy who has been paralyzed, who's been lame for 40 years, gets up and walks. And everyone around them, the Bible says in Acts chapter 3, is amazed and they are in wonder of what just happened. So in Acts chapter 4, uh, Peter and John uh, have just been arrested and they've been arrested because uh, uh, people have started to turn to Jesus. They've heard what's happened at Gate Beautiful and uh, the name of Jesus is, uh, is get spoken about, is gossip about. And uh, the city officials and the guards and the priests, they are worried about this new, um, this new group of people that are rising up. At this point, they reckon in the city there was about 5,000 Christians. In Acts chapter 1, or Acts chapter 2, sorry, that there was about 3,000 Christians on the day of Pentecost. Now there's about 5,000 Christians. And this is probably, uh, probably weeks afterwards. And they've grown rapidly. And they're concerned about all this growth that's going on. And that the, the, they go, Peter and John get thrown into prison that night uh, after they're arrested. And the next day they go to court. And as they're sitting in court, the judge asked them, whose name are you doing this in? And Peter and John, they give a, a message and they say, it's in the name of Jesus that you can be saved. It's in the name of Jesus that we healed the man at Gate Beautiful. It's the name of Jesus, that Jesus is the cornerstone to our lives. 
And the judge says to them, well, you need to stop talking. You need to stop praying. You need to stop preaching in the name of Jesus. You cannot talk or do a work in the name of Jesus Christ. And Peter and John, they say this, and this is the significant part in verse 20. They say this, for we cannot speak of what we've seen and heard. See, Peter and John, they were there in court uh, and they couldn't help themselves of not to tell other people about what they have seen and heard. See, how great would it be if we were likewise that we could not help ourselves to speak about what we've seen and heard about Jesus? For them, it led them to be thrown into prison. It led them to be in front of a judge. And the judge says to them this after that. He says, well, well, there's so many people around you. He was scared that if he threw them into prison, he will be worse off because there will be even bigger riots. And he says to them as well, for some random reason, that because the guy who was at Gate Beautiful was over 40, that it was okay and they could be released. So Peter and John to get released by a miracle of God. But they are there in front of the court, uh, in many ways potentially fearing their life, fearing they could go into prison or they might die. And their words are, well, we can't help ourselves, Judge, to tell others of what we've seen and heard, to tell of the resurrection, to tell of the name of Jesus, to pray for people in the name of Jesus Christ. See, my first point this morning, there's only going to be two points. Is number one is that we are, we are witnesses. We are a witness. We are a witness. Acts chapter 1, verse 8 you know, when that power of the Holy Spirit comes upon you, uh, you are a witness. It's not something you think I can opt in or opt out uh, when I become a follower of Jesus. You as a follower of Jesus, if you believe that Jesus died and resurrected for you, in, you are now a witness to Jesus Christ. You are a witness to what you've heard and what you've seen. This is what 1 John 1 says. That which comes from the beginning which we have which we have heard and which we have seen with our eyes which we looked upon which we've touched with our hands concerning the word of life the life was manifest we have seen it and testified to proclaim eternal life testify to proclaim eternal life see this is what is going on. 1 John 1 is saying that you have heard and you have seen and now it's time to testify. So you might be like, well Tim, I, I, I haven't actually seen and heard God. You know, I wasn't there 2,000 years ago. I'm not still alive. How can I be like Peter and John and testify what Jesus done? I want to tell you this morning that there's been many times in my life that I've seen and heard God. Not in the natural, but in the supernatural. See, see, some of you at home, you have heard God. You've heard God because other people have spoken life into you. You've heard God because you maybe have heard the audible voice of God. 
You've heard God because you've read the Bible and something's jumped out at you and that is God speaking to you. You've heard God because you've had a prophetic word. You've heard God. You've also seen God, church, because you've seen him do amazing things in your life and people's around you life. Miracles, encouragement, breakthroughs, uh, financial breakthroughs. You know, we've seen and heard God. We might, not, we might on the natural never touch God or, or touch Jesus and see him like 2,000 years ago. However, we have heard and seen God in the supernatural. And now we are witnesses to what we've seen and what we've heard. You have a story to tell. You have a testimony to testify. You are a witness. Like Jesus was a witness, which we learn uh, from John chapter 3, I spoke about earlier, Jesus is a witness to what he's seen and heard. Now we have become witnesses to what we have seen and heard. What God has done in our life has now caused us to be a witness to him and tell others about who he is. This is point number two, is this, we are called to be everyday witnesses. This is my final point. See, it's in the ordinary it's in the everyday that God has called us to be a witness. Did you know that you are a witness in your home? You might be on your own. You might be with your family or you might be with friends. But you are a witness to Jesus in your home. You are a witness to Jesus in your workplace. You are a witness to Jesus in your social life. You are a witness to Jesus every moment of the day. You are witness to what you've seen and what you've heard. And this is about, you know, what you're, what you're thinking, what you're speaking and uh, how you're dealing with other people. You become a witness to who Jesus is. You know, if you're constantly in your home and you're putting other people down, is that a witness to Jesus? Or, or if you're in your home and you're encouraging other people in your home or encouraging people that... Uh, in your for, that you are that you've just been with, but you've gone back home. You'll you'll say, "Oh, that was such a great time." That you know that they, they have they have God in them. They have this and that. You know, you are a witness to Jesus in your home, your workplace, and your social life. You know, in Acts chapter one, verse eight, when the power comes upon you, when the Holy Spirit, the power come, when the Holy Spirit is upon you to be my witness in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, to ends of the earth. The geographical context of that is that it's set in Jerusalem. And then you've got Judea and Samaria and the ends of the earth. So it's like Jesus saying, it starts where you are. It starts at your home. You can be a witness to Jesus. In your everyday life, we are called to witness. You know, Acts chapter 4, Peter and John. You know, they're off to a prayer meeting, something they did regularly. Uh, they didn't go out thinking, oh, we're going to find someone to be a witness to. And I don't have a problem with that. But in this case, Peter and John, that they, they were going out to their prayer meeting and then they got interrupted, a godly interrupt, to go and pray for someone to be a witness to Jesus. It was in their ordinary, every day, just going about life, 
go into prayer meeting, go into collect food, go into, uh, you know, wipe the baby's bottom at home if you've got kids at home, go in to help your kids uh, with their homework, it's going uh, to ring someone up, it's in the everyday, it's in the ordinary, we get to be a witness to what Jesus has done, because we have seen and heard Jesus. Two months ago, well, probably about three months ago now, uh, I really needed a haircut, really needed a haircut, and I don't like my hair growing long, uh, but uh, many of you, maybe guys and ladies are out there right now, are experiencing haircuts, DIY haircuts at home. But this was uh, way back a couple of months ago, and I really needed a haircut. And I was at a, a leaders meeting, which was a whole day meeting, and Becky and Joel came along with me, and I said to them, well, let's just go and get a haircut on our lunch break. So we go, and I typed into Google, actually, to find the closest hairdressers because we were out of town. And uh, I typed it in, and there was a hairdresser literally a five-minute drive away. And it was open. So I, I go to, we get in the car, and we go into the hairdressers, and myself and Joel were both going to have a haircut. Joel goes first, he sits in the cool car chair, and uh, then it's my go, and they've got two people... Uh, doing haircuts and they've got other people in the hairdressers and I sit down as Joel's getting his haircut he's ready started and I sit down and this guy comes and gives me a haircut and we start chatting away and uh, and I managed to get upon the subject so I asked him lots of questions about you know have you always done hairdressing uh, what did you do previously and he was explaining he was from Southampton he used to be a taxi driver and uh and we were just talking and he got onto the question to ask me, what do I do? It took about five, ten minutes for him to ask me the question, but he asked me in the end. And I said to Archie, I work for a church. And he didn't really say anything at that time. And then, uh, and then I, I said something else about God and then I said to him, do you believe in God? And he said, yeah, I believe in God. And he said to me, I, I'm a Muslim. I'm a committed Muslim. I go to the mosque every week. And I believe in uh, Muhammad. And uh, I believe Muhammad is a prophet. And then we, 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 we discussed for about one minute. And then suddenly the conversation went up a notch. And he was, he was starting to get quite vocal. And I mean vocal because the whole hairdressers could hear. Becky was at this time now, George finished his haircut and she was sitting in the corner with Joel playing some toys. And she was getting a bit, you know, a bit tense because she could hear him starting to get, his voice was getting quicker, his, he was getting louder. And he was saying to me, uh, you know, have you read Genesis? Have you read about Abraham? Have you read about this? You need to read about this. And he was telling me and telling me everything I needed to do. And he even said to me, you know, we can disagree. I'm not going to kill you. And I was thinking, well, I wasn't expecting you to kill me. I was just expecting a good haircut. Can you, you know, just finish my haircut uh, and, you know, everything will be good. That was going through my mind. But everything was getting a bit tense. And uh, I, as he challenged me, I, I, I tried to bring a bit of a challenge to him. I said, oh, OK, I'll go and read some scriptures. If you go and read uh, some, uh, some of the scriptures that I believe that display who Jesus is, a son of God. And then we had a haircut. I did the haircut. And uh, on the way out, he said, oh, it's great to chat to you. To, to finish off quickly and to act out we were like mates again. But I went there and it was, in, I want to say this, it was in my ordinary everyday, I didn't go to the hairdressers 
to go and speak to someone about Jesus. I went to the hairdressers to get a haircut. Peter and John, they went to a prayer meeting to go to a prayer meeting. But sometimes, as you do your ordinary and everyday life, you get to be uh, to testify of what Jesus has done in your life. The stories, the testimonies, the things that he, you have seen and heard in your life. So you might be thinking, well, how do I know if I get an opportunity to testify? Or how do, how, how do I run it by a test? Well, this is it. If you're at home or your workplace or your social life, the test is, am I showing the love and the grace of Jesus? As, as I'm with my family, as I'm in my workplace with my colleagues, as I'm in my social group, as I'm with people, am I showing the love and the grace of Jesus? Am I being a witness to Jesus, to the things I've seen and heard? And this is not all about shouting out loud. This is sometimes doing the right thing is a witness. Being honourable is a witness to Jesus. Loving someone who no one else loves and encouraging others, these are all things to be a witness. I heard, I heard a great acronym and it was by a guy who, who wrote um, God's Not Dead, uh, the book which got released onto a, a film. And he gives this acronym and it's called SALT. And he says this is how, this is how you witness, it's to start a conversation. Ask questions, listen, and then tell the story. And the story might be the story of Jesus, or it might be the story of your story, your things you've done in your life. Start a conversation, ask questions, listen, then tell a story. See, some people, they prefer to talk. See, there's an acronym for talk as well. And this is it. Talk at someone. They just talk at you. Argue. A. Argue. Ow. La. Is louder. They get louder. They talk at you. They argue. They get louder. And K. Then they kick you. That is right. They kick you. See, see, sometimes, and I think that's what experienced that guy in the hairdressers, is that he was just wanted to talk at me. He wanted to talk at me. He wanted to argue he wanted to get louder and in many ways not literally he wanted to kick me but actually the best way uh, to be a witness is to start a conversation is to ask some questions is to listen and then tell the story tell your uh, your story see God has called us and Jesus calls us to be a witness and this witness is not about a time uh, we do every single week, but it's about living everyday, ordinary lives and being a witness to what we've seen and heard. It's about being a good witness, about being an honourable and loving witness, which we can say that actually is this showing the love and the grace of Jesus Christ. See, I want to leave you with this thought this morning. See, many people have said to me before and I've heard other people say to other people as well that I never, um, not never, but I, I only be a witness if I'm led. They will only be a witness if they are led. See, if we were in one room uh, today, 
if we were in one room today, I would hand out these little lead fishing weights. I don't know if you can see it, but these are lead fishing weights. See, if you are waiting for the opportunity to be lead, maybe we should all take one of these lead fishing weights and put them in our pockets. And then we can say to ourselves that we've always, there's always, we're always led and that we are led to be a witness every single day. See, God causes us to be led, uh, to be a witness every single day of our lives. It's in the every day. And I just want to encourage you, carry on being a witness. Being a witness in Jesus, to, in, in, in your homes, in your workplaces, with your neighbours, in, in your social life. Be a witness. And today, in what's going on, a witness looks different sometimes, but that's okay. We can still be a witness to what we've seen and heard and what God has done in our lives. Emma's going to lead us in our last song uh, before we finish up. Over to you.